0: Thank you for downloading the most current episode of VHS Rewind. I had been digging through some old hard drives and trying to get my media in order for archiving, came across some episodes of Fuyuk and For Your Consideration, which I would like to share with you. For Your Consideration was a podcast that Alex Salt and myself started back in the summer of 2011, and Chris Hassler began co-hosting with me towards the end of season one. Eventually, Chris and I would end the For Your Consideration podcast after 24 episodes to start a whole new show entitled Foo Yuck, and that was in January of 2013. Foo Yuck would run for a total of 10 episodes, Before Chris and I renamed the show and started over again with VHS Rewind. I hope you enjoy this look back at where the current show came from. Enjoy the show.
1: It's VHS Rewind. a failure i was a failure and i get very sad and depressed about it and i can't be that no more i really feel like i've betrayed myself big time because i think when i, I know when i was growing up i had all the potential in the world now i'm, I'm back to being mark who who has a beard in his hand and is thinking about the great american script and the great american movie and this time i cannot fail i won't fail it's not in me you don't get second chances and mess them up you'd be a fool to Not just finishing films or in the long run getting some money, but it's right now, I feel like it's, like I said, 5, 10, 15 years ago. Now I've got the same options again, and this time I'm not going to fail. This time it's most important not to fail, just to drink and dream, but rather to create and complete. His whole life is making this one film. Every time we got together, there was something that seemed to go wrong. Oh, oh Oh, dude. I'm sorry I tried to put your head in this. <laughs> All of the extras have just fell through, except for Mike Shank right
2: there. We used to uh, do a lot of partying together, but I don't party anymore. <laughs> I'm broke, man. I got get gas tomorrow. And dude's talking about making a feature film.
1: From bartender to movie maker overnight, it's a story of the Hollywood dream come true. I hope to conquer the world. This Cinderella is a bouncer from Boston whose very first script landed him a million dollar deal with Miramax Films. And all of a sudden overnight, boom. Two understandings on a cover of USA Today. The dream comes alive. Yes. Eh? I deserve to be exactly where I am here. Troy, sure your script is so <laughs> unbelievable. Who's this idiot? He's just gonna be so super big. His mind is just so super big. Everybody knows it's the best project in Hollywood. We have a deep cesspool of creativity here. a okay. I know that I am the best
2: that there is. He deserves everything that's coming to him.
1: What is do Harvey doing? If I'm the priority project over at Miramax. Harvey brought him out into the public eye, made him a star. Don't sit there and call me a liar when you don't know what you're talking about. Troy, keep your mouth shut. I just went over there It's not allow entrance. His attitude is I made you, I can unmake you. Grabbing talented people, and he ignores them. His opinion has been validated by success. He may feel that validates everything. The good times that were coming. It was all just talk. And the mirror suppressed the demands that had followed. My story, it went straight to urban legend.
3: That biggest bully owns everything. I think
1: it's one of the best independent films ever made. Been blacklisted by a Harvey. When they went back in, they didn't pay their way back in.
3: How the hell do I get out of this business? <laughs> Hello, uh, welcome to, uh, the first, first-ish, as Stan Lee would put it, of Foo Yuck. Uh, we just want to talk about movies and things that are happening related to movies. Um, talking with Mark Giacoma.
0: Hello, how you doing, man?
3: All right, I didn't know if you wanted me to use your real name, so... Oh, yeah, totally. okay. <laughs> uh, in case you're embarrassed by this.
0: <laughs> what about you? Are you going by an alias, or, um... Introduce yourself, please.
3: Uh, I am Christopher. I'm sorry. I thought I thought my name, <laughs> was the title. So I I didn't think I needed to. But okay. So I'm um, Christopher. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs>
0: I, I think it's always a little bit um complicated on every podcast's first episode. It's kind of yeah, like no, what I do you say? You know, blah blah blah. But I think that was a pretty good um, foo yuck intro.
3: Okay, uh, let me just do it one more time. One more time. Oh no! All right, I was just—that
0: was my banter. I was kind of just going on about it.
3: Gotcha. Okay. okay. <clears throat> so, go. so we are here to talk about some movies and what's been going on, and uh, I can certainly talk about some things I've been watching. And I actually, on my TV right now, is <laughs> the Horse Whisperer. <laughs> there goes all cr- critical credibility whatsoever. I, I, I yeah, it's absurd. I, you know, basically it's just to see uh, whatever her name is. I forget what the heck her name is. Anyway, uh, I like I like three hour romantic epics. I really, do. I, it's it's a failing of my character.
0: Well, let me ask you: when you first thought of the idea of Fuyuk, what do you th- like? What do you feel as though the show is looking to all accomplish?
3: All I want to do, all I want to do, is talk movies and get people interested in. The movies I like the movies they should be watching,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of times we're going to be choosing movies that or maybe movies that are off the beaten path, you know, like people may never have heard of a lot of these movies, but they
3: really should have, yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely, and then you know I mean there'll be things during the week that I watch that I might mention that I don't you know like I actually I just finished watching taken two with Liam Neeson. How was but, that? Oh, man, it's pretty bad. Really bad. I mean, the first one was eh. To I, begin the, with. I liked the first one and had that novelty of this AARP candidate kicking butt. Give me back my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was an imposing figure. But in this one, I know it's just, it's really just by the numbers and just totally...
0: I mean, is it basically the same thing as the first one? It's it's exactly
3: the same thing. My
0: wacky daughter's got herself in trouble again.
3: Yeah, it's it's the daughter, now it's the wife, too, because the wife, who was playing with somebody in the first one, is suddenly divorcing that one and going back to Liam Neeson. And
0: she was using counterfeit coupons.
3: It's just, it's pretty, (laughs) it's just really bad. So, again, you know, I just love movies. I love talking about movies. I do want you to get... I do want to get people watching movies that I watch. Um, for instance, I, you know, one of the big news items this week was the recent passing of director Ted Post, mm-hmm. who directed Magnum Force, you know, the great Magnum Force,
2: the never saw
3: Harry movie. Mm-hmm. What?
0: Yeah, I know. What? I There's a lot of movies, a lot of um, big, big, big movies that I've never seen. So you're going to be my target audience. (laughs) Right. I am the target audience. Yeah. I am your demographic.
3: Uh, uh, what else? You know, he did beneath the planet of the apes, the second sequel, the first sequel, which was a good one, but not my favorite one. Uh, and he just did a bunch of other flicks and, you know, so it was, it's always sad when my friends pass away like this.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, it really is. And he was definitely the kind of name that really kind of followed a lot of different, um, movies of that genre. Like he got a lot of respect, I, I felt.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um no, I watched this
3: past week, uh
0: somehow I caught it twice. Um the Amityville Horror Two with Burt Young.
3: Awesome movie. <laughs> it actually wasn't so bad. How how twisted was that with, with the incest angle?
0: That I thought was very twisted. That was um awesome <laughs> You know, I'm looking it up right now because who was that actress? I think she was in Better Off Dead. you're as the exchange exactly right. student, right?
3: Yes, yes.
0: I just remembered that. She, yeah, she was like the French
3: girl or whatever.
0: Um, what was it? I'm not looking oh, it up. No, What's yeah,
3: don't don't ask me her name. But no,
0: but her name in it was like something like Sonia or something like that. It doesn't matter.
3: Um, People who could quote Better Off Dead, who could tell me, but. <laughs> You
0: know, it's not coming up in um, Amityville Horror 2. It's not coming up here. It's very funny. I, anyway. I think it's
3: Amityville, The Possession, if you look for it under that title.
0: I'm going to look up Burt Young. <laughs> 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 here
3: to go that route.
0: I mean, how many movies has, has Burt Young done um, and since?
3: After Paulie and Rocky, this is his best role.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. He... He's always playing like the um, the landlord or the the weird neighbor or um, Polly.
3: <laughs> what
0: year was that? That was early eighties. Or right? Mafioso. Definitely. My dad looked a, a lot like him, but not as, oh. not as short and stocky.
3: Um. <laughs> not the same temperament, I hope. Um. Or at least not the same temperament as in Amityville: The Possession.
0: Not as dopey. Except I, Burt Young is not dopey, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's I like him, actually. Um, as a matter of fact, Burt Young also co-stars in a show that you and I are going to review um, called Roomies. Yes. That you will myself. be on our other podcast uh,
3: for your consideration. That's going to rock. I think the reason that uh, Amityville, The Possession... Yeah, it's Amityville to
0: The Possession. Oh, is it
3: Amityville to The Okay.
0: Yeah, in 1982. Director was uh, Damiano cool. Damiani.
3: Yep, Italian. So y- you, you think get <laughs> nice Italian... I mean, you, I, you might not be familiar with, like, Italian flicks of the 80s, but you, you get a nice flavor of the Italian... Feel well, it's definitely that sexual
0: tension between the brother and sister, which I think is odd.
3: Right? Try and get this movie made today, you can't do it.
0: Just that one scene where he's like, Take off your top,
3: right? <laughs> and but she does it like she's not possessed or anything. She's like, Okay, <laughs> all right. I was like, Damn, very um, strange. It was a very
0: strange scene.
3: Strange, it has some effective. Uh, Scares or creeps, I don't know what you would call them, but um I actually love that movie. It's really, really good. The the exorcism part at the end is probably the weakest part of it, but it's still I think it's still good. I like
2: it. You know,
0: I, I didn't find that the movie was um scary, really. Uh, I, I think it had
3: some creeps in it. It it you know, it was creepy and I, I don't know. I I was I'm just very partial to I it. I hear what you're saying. But, um, and Not partial to Amityville 3Ds, just, just to put, <laughs> just cover the series. Don't like that one.
0: Really? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I find surprising. So let's discuss the, the two movies that we're going to review tonight. Well, they're not movies, really. They're documentaries.
3: Yes. Uh, let's see. So, you know, I love movies, and I thought it would be interesting to uh, review f- for a first... First at bat, um, two movies about movie makers, two wildly different filmmakers. uh, The first one being American Movie.
0: One of the all-time greatest...
3: Documentaries.
0: Easily a top five documentary, in my opinion. This is a must-see documentary.
3: I mean... it has only two Elvis on tour. But anyway... (laughs)
0: Oh. Um, I never saw Elvis on time. I know you're a big Elvis fan, so um it, but it's or you know I I would say that maybe this goes right up there with um Cocksucker Blues. Um this goes right up there with the other movie, which I never saw before, never even heard of, and I, I feel blessed that you <laughs> chose this overnight from two thousand three. This movie I hated it. As soon as I put on, I hated the guy. <laughs> um, well, let, let's go back to American movie first. You want
3: I... to American movie first? Uh,
0: you know, I mean, really, um, a,
3: a, it's hard. I, I wanted to do it s- sort of together to to show. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, they, they they're very similar. So um, I mean, the the basic.
3: Story in American movie is that uh, Mark Borshot, uh a guy, uh, uh, well, I think it's uh, Bouchard, but that's a fun, you know. not that he's a slacker really, but he's got the slacker look.
0: Well, the movie opens up where he's saying, um, "He's like, I'm a loser. Um, mm-hmm. No, I'm not a loser. I'm a failure." Um, you know, basically, this is the bottom line. Mark Bouchard in this movie is what, in his late twenties, early thirties? Yep. He's, um, the opening scene is him driving in this kind of really decrepit car. And it's, it's, um, what, like five in the morning, maybe quarter to five in the morning. And he's on his paper route. (laughs) And he's he's talking to the cameras, basically saying how he's going to make this movie, um, and about him. And then you just kind of meet, you know, the cast of characters that he grew up with.
3: Um, who, and... are, who are all dedicated, you know, not dedicated, but they are all behind this guy. They are all behind Mark. You know what? Uh, up at every turn, it's really... Did you see Crumb? I did a long time ago.
0: Crumb had similar um, types of characters, in my opinion, where you can't make these characters up.
3: Nope. Nope.
0: And these people seem like they seem like everyday people but there's something really unique about these people um his you know his friend Mike Shank who did the music for the movie
3: beautiful like, music i mean it's it's just the way that the music underscores this this quest to make the movie is is it's it's really beautiful and moving
0: <laughs> yeah and I, I i specifically like what the one part where he has a bandana wrapped around his eyes to show he's not looking at his fingers while he's
3: playing. You are the <laughs> guitar expert, so I mean this. It's is just like, funny.
0: It's just funny, you know.
3: Uh, which, which is you know, we'll get into this, but you know, overnight has a guitarist too. So if I wanted to, you know, we can talk about their different skill levels.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, Mike Shank is a decent guitarist. You know, I mean, he's um, one of these guys who. Just really plays from the heart, and you know, there's nothing real special about the way he plays.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think the way he plays is very honest, and um, I think it's very fitting for the movie.
3: Mm-hmm. Just, yeah.
0: Um, on the other hand, you have Troy Duffy,
3: that are our, our protagonist, antagonist of Overnight.
0: Troy Duffy was um, a bartender
3: in Boston, MA.
0: Right. You, why don't you tell the little story about? Troy Duffy. Troy Duffy's from the movie um, Overnight, not from American
3: movie. Right. So uh, in Overnight, uh, which turns into a cautionary tale of <laughs> exactly. what happens when good things happen to bad people, <laughs> Troy Duffy is this uh, kind of a loser bartender uh, with little prospects, but he's he writes a screenplay that somehow... Gets to Miramax, that somehow gets to to Harvey Weinstein, who purchases the script.
0: And he just greenlights the entire deal,
3: and allows Troy Duffy, who has no experience in anything
0: except for smoking,
3: cursing,
0: and being a bartender and drinking.
3: Yeah, they it, which is funny that both Troy and Overnight and Mark in American movie, you know, they both have some. Drinking issues. They're <laughs> they're right. borderline alcoholics.
0: They're definitely um, right. They're definitely abusers of the substance. So um, I think that Troy. I mean, personally, Troy Duffy came off to me as a classic cokehead. But there was, you know, they were never doing it or whatever. But he just kind of came off as
3: the, just he an annoying a certain energy about him. <laughs> that that's, yeah, yeah. I don't have when I drink too much.
0: Right, like, you know, with Mark Bichard, Mark, you know, he gets all, you know, lazy and um, obnoxious, while Troy just gets flat
3: out dickish. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he gets this inc- in crazy deal from Miramax to direct his this script.
0: And this, this is literally happening within, what, a two-week period? Yeah. Where and hence the name of the t- the documentary,
3: Overnight. And he proceeds to just burn every single bridge.
0: He would build a bridge and then burn it, like it was. He at this uh, by the time, like he burned all of his bridges. I felt like he wouldn't want to deal with himself. <laughs> oh, I don't think he
3: would.
0: <laughs> um. But everybody kissed his ass.
3: Which and, I, I don't get, and <laughs> that's another thing. Another, you know, just a strange comparison is that the 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 circle of friends in American movie they're they're very distinct characters, and in Overnight the the friends they're kind of blanks. They're kind of being led around like sheep, like they just follow him and put up with all of the. Sh- shit that he just right. tosses at them and, and berates them and they just sit there blank face. So I, I don't think we get quite uh, an understanding or, or, or we don't really get to know each of the different friends and the members of the band and, um, as we do with the Friends in American Movie.
0: You know, at, at the same time I think that Troy Duffy and Mark Bouchard had the same amount of experience um, I, maybe well, Mark Bouchard had more because he actually had um, the understanding of um, of cameras. He actually had a true passion for um, independent cinema of the '60s and '70s. Yeah, I
2: mean, it,
3: it comes out that, and again, here's another, you know, comes out in American movie that Mark's been making movies since he was nine years old. And, and then we saw some of them. <laughs> and we did, and and I was like, wow, I wish I, I wish I had done that. And um, you know, there's a shot where Mark is talking, and and it, behind him it goes across the the film books that he has on his shelves. Which I actually paused because I wanted to see which books he has.
0: He, and he has all the classic
3: books. Yeah, on, all classic uh, books about movies and making of movies and
0: Night of the Living Dead.
3: <laughs> you know, uh, you, uh, you know, under, you know uh, studies of film directors and things like that.
0: Right. So I, mean, I, I
3: think. I think Mark has more experience because Mark is at it all the time in this movie. He right. is making movies. He's got the passion for it. he's, he's, he's certainly reads up on it. He's, he's constantly writing. And then you look at Troy, and I can't believe this guy wrote a script. Me either. And, and I can't believe he thinks he can direct a film you just you just don't get that troy has any passion for anything except himself and his opinion of himself
0: right being troy that's his goal
3: and the is... par- the problem that you know that we have here is that one film overnight is probably a little bit biased because it's made by two of the guys who were ar- around troy at the time mm mm-hmm. mhm and so there's a certain bias that you know it's probably edited somehow to to make him look more like a tyrant.
0: It's a documentary, and it has to be a slant. I mean, it, it, same thing with slant. American movie. I mean, but they had to make them look a little doofy, you know? They
3: had to. But but there's there's one is filmed with you know tenderness and and, and an admiration, and the other one. Isn't. <laughs> but, I know. you know, I, mean, you know in, I can't defend Troy because, you know, boy, that material is right there. You know, you put it out there. So you, if you're going to be a dick, you, people are going to make into it whatever they can. So,
0: But some people walk away from American movie um, depressed. Really? Because they, they look at him as somebody who... All that work and he still's yet to really accomplish anything.
3: Plus, it comes out that Mark has... Two three kids, I
0: yeah, three I mean kids. financially he's you know he he's uh, in a real kind of weird situation uh, that a lot of people would not want to be in, especially and, with his financial lack of situation living at home,
3: yeah, yep, yeah. and but you know what if you if you look at those the the kids love him, you know yeah. i mean there's it's not like it doesn't look like the kids are screwed up in any way, I mean my kids quote apocalypse now too so well that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, um i beat them if they don't but anyway
0: yeah, my my friend gustavo he um gustavo he, gustavo rodriguez he's half irish okay. um he, he really is he really is <laughs> um he um, Gus is, a, he's a very good friend of mine and everything. And when American movie first came to DVD, I said, you have to sit down. I mean, he went to film school at Columbia. He's, he's the person I go to, to learn about film. Like today he posted, um, <clears throat> a really great interview with, um, Orson Welles and HG Wells from 19, like 1940, you know, he's, he's somebody who's really in it, you know? And he walked away from the movie, um, kind of depressed, because at the time he wanted to be a filmmaker. And it's like, wow, this guy's really busting his ass to be a filmmaker. He's got everything on the line. He has nothing else going for him, and he still can't succeed. And he knows all the, he knows all the lines. He knows about the magic hour. He knows, um, he knows his Iğmar Bergman films. He knows what reverse, um, positives are and. Um he just he knows all the lingo and what it means and it it's not working. And that I think is the depressing aspect of American movie. Now that's not to say these are not interesting characters, an interesting topic. But you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes in that movie with like um um Uncle Bill.
3: What who, a character, yeah. <clears throat>
0: But I mean, the guy's like sitting on like you know what, a hundred grand in cash or two hundred grand in cash. He's living (laughs) like a squalor. Um, You know, I mean, I don't want to put down how people live and how they spend their money, but sometimes you know, throw an extra fifteen grand into something if you got it, and live life a little bit, (laughs) buy a new pair of shoes. But (laughs) you know, again, I'm not judging these people and the way they live. It's just. These are depressed when it really, really is taken away from the um, the comedic aspect of it. it, There's a lot of humility there. There's a lot of um, just sadness in that movie, and I love this movie.
3: I, I, you know, I know, I understand where you where you're coming from in terms of the sadness, but I think at the end. What I take away from it is... is Uncle
0: Bill almost falling. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't well, to say you know, I don't no, crack up well, whenever I watch this movie. I crack up. I love this movie. So, I'm sorry.
3: Go they're on. Both, they're both imminently quotable, which we'll get into, but yeah. but I just wanted to... The, the, what I take away from American movie is I, I don't see where, at the end, it's sad or depressing. I'm actually... I'm rooting for the guy, and he gets the movie... He you know he couldn't get Northwestern made, so he makes this other film like he goes <laughs> all right, I can't make Northwest Northwestern I'm gonna finish this old film that I did and at the end he has the screening, and you know i i i I think it's a triumph you know that this guy is so committed to what he believes in, what he wants to do, he's doing what he wants to do unlike us suburban. <laughs> hey, we're doing our but, thing. I mean, you know, we we go to work every day and we're doing soulless work, and and we come home and you know, there's the kids, and we're gonna put the kids to bed, and right. there's Mark; he's out there like making movies, and and I, I don't know, I don't I don't take away that it's depressing, and with with his, you know, we can get into like the films that these guys make, the what Troy made. In overnight, he finally does make his movie, even though he burns every bridge.
0: Right, and The what, Boondock Saints, which actually ended up becoming a, a relatively popular movie
3: and on it, video. We'll get into my thoughts on Boondock Saints, but I've yet to sit through it. I I haven't finished it either, and I'll tell you why. I mean, I think it it's it sucks. It's hack work. It's 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 generic. It's annoying. Yeah, it's, it's it's. It
0: falls into a lot of that late '90s stuff, and I, I can't f- watch a lot of yeah,
3: it. Yeah, I, I I dislike the movie, and I, you know, I would never. I'm, he actually even made a sequel, Troy, Boondock mm-hmm. Saints too, but I'm, I would never watch it. Whereas with Mark's film, Coven, now <laughs> in all honesty, I couldn't get through that either. But that has more to do with his production values, what he had available.
0: But the opening scene alone is hilarious. It is. <laughs>
3: And there are some really good shots in it. Right. I mean, and in Boondot Saints, there's there's nothing that comes close. And one of the problems with Mark's movie is that he shouldn't cast himself. He needs to just focus on directing.
0: <laughs> no, I agree with that. Um, he, I never understood um, people who need to be in their own independent films. Um, but you know, that's just the way it is.
3: Um, <clears throat> yeah, but, but I think you take away that, that even as crude as the movie is, you think the guy has got passion. That's what comes through all the time. And that's why I don't think it's ultimately a depressing movie. I think, well,
0: maybe depressing is a bad word, but definitely there's a tragedy there. there there's there's a, there's a
3: sadness there in terms, you know, it's, it's a shame. You know what
0: it is, he wants it is. so bad. And yep. for me personally, he becomes a very likable person. He all, I mean, right from the beginning, I liked him and you really want him to have it. Yeah. And yep. at the end, you know, all right, he, he accomplished the film. You know, he's got his, um, his viewing and Ken Keen is there, you know, <laughs> you got all of his friends there, but, um, then you get somebody like Troy Duffy and it's like, just handed to him and the guy just pisses all over it.
3: Yep. Yep. And, and
0: it's just oh wow that I mean, and then he makes a movie and he has the audacity to have a movie with Jake Busey in it for crap. I mean you know, <laughs> actually was Jake Busey even in that? I didn't he was in Jake the documentary. Uh,
3: I think he just shows up for to say hello at the bar. Let me just say that
0: that scene where, um, basically Harvey Weinstein agreed to purchase the bar that Troy Duffy worked at. Which is it was such a
3: weird deal. And yeah, it becomes think, the hotspot, right? So it becomes a hot spot. I don't know if it was a hot spot, but No,
0: it... I think it was just the it was a dive. So Harvey's basically getting Mark Wahlberg to go there. He's getting all these people to have meetings with Troy. It's easy. Um <laughs> And but the thing is you have Mark Wahlberg there and you know, Mark Wahlberg went from Marky Mark to, you know. Becoming better and away from this, and I'm thinking, he he was making some decent stuff, starting with like Boogie Nights, and and to me anyway, he redeemed himself. Until I saw him kissing Troy Duffy's ass, (laughs) and he said, "Yeah, you know, uh, you know, it's he's like sitting there drinking a beer out of the can, and he's just saying like, you know, it's time that you know, so we let Troy do whatever he's doing. He's a genius. (laughs) And you have Vincent D'Onofrio, you have. Um, Billy Connolly, um, well, who was he anyway? <laughs> he's just one of those guys a hanger on her and no of.
3: credibility anywhere. but there are so many actors, man. Me. like what is up with that? I mean, I guess that's what really happens in that culture that that Weinstein blesses you and people you know, the stars come out to be in your flick. Mm-hmm. and when Weinstein curses you, Everybody stays away from you.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I can't say that I disagreed with his choice, because he basically handed the golden key to this kid, and he basically, you know, Troy just basically threw it back in his face. So he's like, all right, how about this? I'm taking the entire deal off the table, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And it's like, good luck. And it's
3: just like, what, what? what? did you think of Troy's band? You're the you're the musician. I don't know. Well, I
0: I don't know much about the band just because I don't recall them ever performing together in there in the Uh, documentary.
3: Yeah, whenever whenever they were together, it was Troy who was playing. (laughs) And if you call
0: that playing, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I don't like to always put down other people's playing, but I I think he was a hack player. He was just a garbage heavy metal player who. I mean, most people, if they took any type of lessons, were already playing at that level at the age of like 13, 14 years old.
3: Oh shit. Okay. He's a
0: wanker. You know, he just kind of got up there, turned it up loud and had a delay pedal or whatever. And he just played, uh, now that's, you know, it's kind of harsh, but I consider myself a, a pretty decent guitarist. And I don't think that he was playing anything that I couldn't play when I was 13 or 14 years old. <laughs> and I was awful. <laughs> 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 so um, that, that's what I that's what I don't think of his um
3: but that was playing. another perk of this deal is that you know he was going to get the band to do the soundtrack and he any record right. deals are coming record deal offers are coming in and
0: he, those manager guys that he had two guys who were friends of his who were his managers and they were just there hanging on to the last thread of something.
3: Yeah. I don't know what they expected. I guess they're used to that kind of behavior in that business, but...
0: Uh, I don't know. They were just all, like, there, kind of like, come on, Troy, feed us. Troy, feed us. You know, it's... Troy's not feeding you. You know, it's... And gonna, then they, uh, they go
3: into a studio, and they're being produced by somebody who's... Yeah. Famous, a Doobie brother, was it? Or, uh, I, I forget I know, who George it was. Or something. I forget what who it was.
0: And when he was like, you know, he was like talking that music up, and I just, I mean, that music is horrible.
3: <laughs> it's always really like well, decisions are being made for us, and we should just play what we want, right? <laughs> so yeah. Troy fucks that up too, and and right like, again, it's just interesting to watch.
0: And the album ended up selling something like 537 <laughs> copies, right? <laughs> You know, as soon as I turn on this movie, I have to admit, like, I'm thinking, oh, all right. This is going to be a foo-yuck, like, first episode. Let me watch this, you know, documentary. I'm not in the mood for a documentary. I'm like, oh, I hate this guy. This guy's a dick. I'm like, this guy's getting everything. Everything, you know, and he's smoking in every scene. It's, it's, I, I
3: personally drinking don't like smoking. What? Drinking in just about every scene, too. Yeah, and just
0: boozing it up and just... Being unlikable, and I'm like. I hope this guy loses everything. I just hate this guy, and I would pause it. I um, and I'm like, well, how this movie's? It's only been 15 minutes. Within the next five minutes, he loses everything, and I couldn't
2: because be happier.
0: I couldn't be happier. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, to the point where he goes to the um, Ken Film Festival, and nobody will touch his movie. <laughs> He, he's sitting there waiting he's like there's a viewing everyone whatever and nobody makes an offer and he goes home empty-handed and i couldn't be happier couldn't happen to a nicer guy
3: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> i mean the whole movie it's it's he doesn't talk about the movie he's gonna make he talks about i had this coming I'm going to turn the you know the world's going to come to me. I'm going to be the best thing the this world is this universe has ever seen.
0: Yeah, he said like, well, nobody's ever
3: done what I'm doing. It's like are you kidding me? <laughs> like, and all Mark talks about is the movies that he wants right. to make. Movies we never see Troy writing or doing anything. Eventually, there's some footage of him actually making the movie, but you you just there's no creative vibe off of him. There's no, you know, some of our most legitimate genius directors were tyrants. You know, mm-hmm. Hitchcock was not a nice person from what I read in the biographies. Right. But, you know, this guy just, there's no creative energy coming off of him. Whereas Mark, Mark like I say, Mark's just toiling away and he and he parks in a parking lot at the airport and writes there, so
2: right.
0: I
3: mean, you he see, has the privacy and...
0: You take the obsession of like a Charlie Chaplin who who will take a, um you know back in the 30s and 40s would shoot a scene a hundred times just to get it right that he's in like he's directing himself. Um, and now you compare there's that guy, to a,
3: there's a guy uh, who shouldn't star in his own movies. I know a uh,
0: prime example. Uh, <laughs> totally full of himself, that guy. Uh, but he, you know, he. Basically, is a perfectionist, and I feel as though on some level Mark Bouchard is a perfectionist, up to the point where he runs out of money in a way.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And Troy Duffy is more along the lines of a um, let's just get this done, and where's where, where do I get paid?
3: Where, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Where I want the credit, um, I want this, I want that, and you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting money and credit and you know, fame. It's just a matter of, he received it all, and it was just, you know, he was so unappreciative of it.
3: Yep. Yep.
0: And, um, like, almost like he deserved it. You know what, his, and what little I've seen of the boondock scenes, it's almost like he took, you know, a night class on how to write a, you know, uh, (laughs) (laughs) on how to, on, like, how Quentin Tarantino writes movies. And he basically took it to heart, and for three weekends, that's all he did was write. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Bouchard, you know, I almost feel as though he can't sit down without scratching some
3: ideas out. Right. And, and again, he, you know, you you see, like, pans of, of video, like, lines and lines of videotapes of his movies. I mean, the guy is always cranking. Right. And it's admirable. I, I I wish I had half that drive.
0: See, yeah, when, when I saw American Movie, I didn't take it as depressing. I took it as invigorating. I was like, nothing is stopping this guy. This guy is going to get it done no matter what. It wasn't until I rewatched it a hundred more times I started really breaking down the characters as something that's a little
3: bit more, um, just a little sad. I think it, it, it's They're not pathetic. Same, it's got the same arc, almost American movie, uh, as as the uh, the Tim Burton Ed Wood movie, mm-hmm. because you're following, you know, a cast of characters for sure, who are not good at what they do. But it ends with you mean Tim Burton? Tim Burton's. What did I say?
0: Oh no, no, I'm saying you're saying like he has no talent. And I have to agree oh, with
3: you. Oh zing! What? <laughs> Pee-wee's, is, well, he made one good movie. One good movie, exactly. And, you know, you brought up Mark Wahlberg. Uh, have you seen Planet of the Apes? But anyway. I did. and uh, It
0: was um, amazingly um, incredible. And, yeah, I would never see it again.
3: Yeah, exactly. But uh, American Movie has the same arc about, you know, this group of <laughs> characters, this, this very specific lead director who has no talent but it's all about the passion it's all about getting the movie made and it, and both films end with a premiere you know in real life it probably didn't happen to ed wood but it did to mark and and i again i just take away from it that it's a you know a, a, i i don't think it's depressing it's sad he's kind of sad with you know with the kids and he's going to take care of them and
0: well, overnight, was the premiere as well take
3: the kids away and um,
0: you know, overnight ended with the premiere as well.
3: It did, but that's more a black comedy. Than... <laughs> oh my god, the paranoia! Let's talk about how imminently quotable both movies are.
0: <laughs> I really have to see Overnight again because it was very, very memorable. There were a lot of things where I, I like, what did he say, and I <laughs> rewound it a few times.
3: Um, and and it's it's less for for Overnight. It's less perhaps that there are quotes more than the way he says them. So you just get into the Troy Duffy character and talk that way. It's you can do some quotable stuff. I can't think of any quotes. Well, no, he talks about, I'll, I'll never work with Keanu. I think he's a punk. Oh, right. Right. There's a whole, uh, a a whole scene where people are throwing names out and he's like, I'm I'm not going to work with that. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to work with that punk. Uh, or or how Kevin Branagh doesn't call him back and he doesn't he can't remember, he can't remember Kevin Branagh's name or something or he finally calls him a cunt.
0: <laughs> right, and he calls up um, Harvey Weinstein's office <laughs> and he's like, "Well, what's Harvey doing for me? <laughs> um, I'm on the phone here waiting for Harvey." And it's like, "What?" But on the other hand, on American Movie, I mean, I can probably quote the entire movie.
3: Oh, there. I mean, both. So here's here's a good one. The trailers are great for American movie. Are they? I haven't. I haven't. Seen. I think they're pretty good. Um, they're cut really nice. There's a again to to show the two different characters. Each each movie has a scene where they talk about their drink intake, their alcohol intake, mm-hmm. and Mark is like, "I got so drunk last night, I was calling Morocco, man." Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> And and he's sad about it. He he doesn't want to do that. He's
0: like, you know what I did last night, man? I was up at three o'clock in the morning. I was calling up Morocco, man. Do you ever, you ever do that? And his
3: friend goes, like No. What? And then there's a scene in Overnight where Troy is talking about how much he can drink, but then still be sitting at the table with the Weinstein making deals. You know, I was I I was hungover. They didn't know it. I was, I was right there, right. you know. And again, it's, it's more the way Troy says it. So, so full of himself, so, so narcissistic, just I'm almost proud they, of it. Proud of it, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, you see his again. His, he, he, there's no remorse. There's no acknowledgement that he's.
0: Yeah, Troy's I, a complete I, narcissist. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's a classic narcissist.
3: If if he's prepping to make a movie, if he's doing any writing, I mean, you, he does more drinking than any sort of prepping for for making for directing a movie. You know, it, it's just amazing. Yeah, I'd say he
0: drinks and smokes out of sheer. I don't
3: think he stops smoking. He, no it's, he's always got a cigarette I'm, if he's not dead from cancer already it's it's coming true
0: well let's hope um. <laughs> um, Ooh, i just I just found cool. the guy so unlikable um, but you know, on the other hand, you have you know the mike shank and you know Mike shank who's the friend of um Mark Bichard's, and he's the old burnout who's off drugs now and I think some of the highlights of American movies when Mike talks about the LSD that he would take and,
2: and it's like the whole room is just filled with this thick green and red web, you know, and it's coming out of Laura and it's coming out of the table and it's coming out of the walls and it's coming out of the floor, you know, and all of a sudden my face hit the table, you know, and I blacked out. So Laura dragged me outside and laid me on the grass, you know, hoping I'd wake up, you know, and then her grandma came home, who, who she lived with, you know, and her grandma calling ambulance, you know. So, I'm laying in the hospital, passed out. They got my brain on a brain scanner, and you know how your brain's supposed to go beat, 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 Well, I just went uh, straight across, you know. And, uh the doctor goes to my mind, he goes, I don't think your son is going to make it, sorry, you know, I think he's going to die, you know, I don't think there's any way we can bring him, you know, wake him up or nothing, you know, so all of a sudden I, um, I smell this real strong smell, and it's smelling salts they got in front of my nose, and I start to wake up, and all I see is bright lights, and I'm like, damn, where the hell am I, you know, and then I realize I'm in the hospital, so I start checking my pockets for the acid which they analyzed one hit, it turned out to be um, a blotter of paper dipped in liquid PCP with a little bit of downer in it and uh, they said if it hadn't have been for that little bit of downer I would be dead but anyways I'm checking my pockets for the acid you know because I was going to drop my other three hits in the hospital you know and uh, all of a sudden my mom walks in the room and she's holding a bag of acid like this you know. I'm like, damn, you know, now I can't drop it. The rest of my ass in the hospital. So she she flushes it down the toilet, you know. And uh, so um, then uh, they kept me in the hospital another month. And uh, they said I was the worst case they ever had. And they uh, let me go. And I, I continued using drugs all the way up until um, I, um, a little under a year and a half ago. <laughs> and that's uh so i have more stories like that i could tell you too <laughs> all kinds of drug related stories i <laughs> could tell you you know so <laughs> i don't know I'll, I'll try and keep you awake with them tonight <laughs> both of them are very
0: quotable their friends are weird they're picking up their friend from jail and there's like There's maybe room for four people in the car. (laughs) There's four people in the car and they're picking up a fifth. (laughs) And the guy's coming out of the jail. And Mike Shank is sitting in the passenger seat. And I think they're picking up Ken Keen. And Ken Keen goes to squeeze in the front. And Mike Shank goes to move over. And he puts his foot on the gas pedal. (laughs) And you just hear the engine go. (laughs) And (laughs) you see like, he's like, dude, dude, dude. And it's like, this is just like an every day in the life nonsense <laughs> of, um, where were they? Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. And those weird accents, the, the mixture of Swedish accent. The mother is Swedish. Well, there's so many Swedish people in Wisconsin. Why is that? Why They just immigrated they like the there. Or, uh,
3: um,
0: I think they just kind of dumped them off there in like the forties or something not really sure why but that's where that kind of wisconsin accent comes from
3: it's just amazing that the mother is out there with mark doing the <laughs> filming or or <laughs> I, I he gets his kids to hold the camera right with the camera i i it's just amazing i was like my wife would never do my mother would never do that but you, i, I
0: think, think that but mark Bashar, you know it's like his dream to do this
3: Right, and and then that's why I don't think it's a it's a sad thing that I I think he's yeah. that's such a support circle. I don't but know. like
0: you know his mother has like dinner on, and he's like, "Come on, put on this black cloak and come <laughs> out into the forest <laughs> with me." I gotta do my shopping. Right, I have to. You have to play. Um, you know, it's like look menacing, and you know, they Men- have those
3: big, big no, he black cloak. Pro- pronounces that menacing.
0: Menacing. <laughs> And um you know, Mike Schenk is drinking um Thurge the whole time, which was a short lived soda back then. And um, remember he had an addiction to scratch offs? Like instead of having the drug addiction, he took it to
2: um
3: you know, scratch off tickets. I I won I won sixty dollars, but I don't want to tell them because they'll want I don't to want, it.
0: I don't want to tell um Mark, because he'll want me to go to. I can't. I wish I can remember the name of um, the pub. The, um, uh, and it was exactly what he. I don't know. I felt like they really got into a personal, intimacy with their family too. Yeah,
3: yeah. you see, you see his brothers, um, the father. The,
0: the, the brothers are being pretty uh, vicious towards Mark.
3: Yeah, the, one of them says, "Like I, I always thought he would." turn into a, a <laughs> killer or a stalker. It's,
0: uh, it's
3: like yeah, it's bizarre.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like, wow, that's
3: pretty um, pretty vicious. <laughs> Here's what I don't understand about documentaries in, in general. Let's look at American movie though, like to get those moments that that reverberate like when you know, Shank does his line about the soda and the ice. And could someone please pick it up? Cause I want to drink it and I don't want it to freeze, right. you know, or any of these moments, any, any, anything that they have in the, just, how much do you have to film to, you know, hopefully catch, catch that, that bit that you need. Well, I just, I, I just don't understand how you do it. Um, I can't say this stuff. for sure. I mean, you got to be rolling all the time.
0: I think there's a commentary on the DVD of American Movie with um, Chris Smith and Sarah something. I forget who was the sound person, but I think they were there for a very long time filming, and they were filming on film, which bl- also blows me away. So expensive. I yeah. mean, in you know one shot deals too. Yep. Yeah. Um, But I know I've seen a comment, well, heard a commentary. Um, So I'm thinking that there's a second audio track on that. And you know the scene where they're filming Uncle Bill in the car and he's saying, it's all right, it's it's okay, there's something to live for. Jesus Jesus. Christ, oh. (laughs) It's funny because they're sitting there in in the commentary track and Chris Smith, the director, goes, you know, I didn't even think about this, but why didn't you just use the audio that we were recording for that? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like the first time it's, it's brought up. And you just hear Mike, I mean, Mark, um, yeah, you know, like that would have been a great idea.
3: (laughs) Nice. Um,
0: it's very just weird. There's a lot of little scenes in that movie that I feel possibly could have been manufactured um, but you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. Sometimes the documentaries you have to have some scenes that just kind of, you know, work. And maybe you know you kind of set it up to be a, to look a certain way.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that.
0: You know, when they slept at the editing thing at the local university, I thought that was kind of depressing.
3: Why they're dead? He's he's toiling and editing, and oh no, no, no! I don't know. He's got his
0: kids on the floor,
3: <laughs> but um, those kids, like, you, you, there's no hardship there. They're all smiles, and they want to be there. And I don't know. I just I didn't get a negative vibe. Well, I didn't think I didn't
2: catch or... that
0: the kids were depressed or
3: anything like that.
0: But I don't know. I just I, I read into it, you know.
2: Don't do that.
0: <laughs> I have to. <laughs> so, all in all, I'm thinking Troy Duffy, um, overnight, definitely top. I'm going to say overnight is probably a top ten documentary
3: for me. Just, just for this, for this. I was going to say performance, but for this pr- presentation of just an out of control ego,
0: right?
3: A memorable out of control ego who just goes up in flames. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Right.
0: And like you said, it's a cautionary tale. It became, uh, it started out as a, you know, uh, um, a rising from the ashes, um, you know, a star in the making. And it really became a complete cautionary tale.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, American Movie, maybe American Movie is a very appropriate title. Because it really goes to show what you can do if you do have a dream and you can just get it done.
3: Yep, yep. I, I wish I had half, like I say, I wish I had Half the the drive that Mark has.
0: And I know he's still doing things, so that's pretty cool. Um, he's gotten around when it comes to... You know, he's still that character, Mark Bouchard, which is kind of cool. Mike Shank I think, got married.
3: He got married?
0: I'm kind of guessing. I know You're, that I'm pretty I, sure...
3: That is one thing I did want to look into, is like, where where is where are they now? I wish we could have called Mike. To get him on the phone or Mark. I mean,
0: what's today's date?
3: Today is the twenty second.
0: Wow, it was Mark Bouchard's birthday on the twentieth. Really? Get, yeah, nineteen sixty six. So that makes him seventy one? No, um He's one, year <laughs> <older> than... <laughs> He's
3: one year older than
0: me. No. Yeah. Anyway,
3: um, so, yeah, let me, me click he, on Mike. DB, though? I mean, he's, he's making movies. I, I know he has...
0: He has stuff in production.
3: He's acting. I know he's got... It looks like characters with names like Gravedigger and The Mechanic and Man With Glasses, but still, he's on movie sets. I would, I would die to be on a movie set, any movie set, even something like The Jeffrey Dahmer Files or...
0: Well, check this
3: out. Cabin Fever 2. <laughs> or
0: or Amity you know? um, 2. <laughs> but Mike Shank was in a movie called Britney Baby One More Time playing Mike Schmitz. Where on the cover of it, it's you know, it looks like the back of Britney Spears. And it's Mike Shank and Mark Bouchard in the audience looking at her. It's kind of weird. Oh. Um... He played Martin Albini in Collecting Canada. Um, he was in a movie called Zombie Killer, <laughs> Modus Operandi, <laughs> Slaughter Weekend, Hamlet ADD, which is in post production right now. He okay. plays the Gravedigger's Friend.
3: And um, <laughs>
0: right now he's filming a movie called Snapshot, where he's the cab driver.
3: But these are all acting um, and not. Uh... No, th- well, this is Mike Shank. Oh, Season, that's Shank, okay. Yeah, that's Shank.
0: Now, Bouchard, on the other hand...
3: Yeah, because um, I'm looking at Burchard's and he's Hamlet ADD as Gravedigger.
0: He's also doing Snapshot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's. Oh, I see. He's the Gravedigger, and Mike is...
3: I guess they're a team the like that, Costello. You can't have one without the other.
0: The Jeffrey Dahmer files. He plays the man with glasses. <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> I like this one down below. Zombie Island... He's Al as Al the Drunk at the Bar. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) I would love to find these. I mean, probably they have to be somewhere online, right?
3: YouTube? I don't know. We'll have to look.
0: Well, the Hagstone Demon um, is floating around. So I'm going to see if we can find some of this stuff on YouTube and basically I'll post it up on the show notes for this podcast. Okay. Now, as for... This douchebag over here, <laughs> uh, Troy Duffy. One day I'm gonna meet Troy Duffy, and somehow he's gonna have heard this podcast. He's gonna clock me. I guess I'll
3: deserve I'll it. He's gonna find I. you.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's gonna go too far after us. You know, he just seems like such a dick. I don't know. I'm just. But um, you know, I'm looking here and. Yeah, I mean, the rating for the overnight is probably, it's a, it's a 7 out of 10. You can't really go by that, though, because it's an Internet Movie Database.
3: Oh, what about Rotten Tomatoes? Let's look on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, 78% on the tomato meter.
0: Yeah. I never really, I haven't gone to that site in the past 10 years or something. I'm, I'm just reading through um, some interesting stuff here. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. I, I brought up before um, Crumb, which I'm surprised that you never saw.
3: I did Yeah, just a long, long time ago. I, it's so old I, I really, that I have it on Laserdisc. <laughs> the the crazy brother,
0: right? Who committed suicide?
3: Yes. See, now that's sad.
0: I I think that's really sad. And um, who who directed that? Was that Terry Zwigoff?
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: From what I understand, Terry Zwigoff wanted to hire the brother. No, it was not him. It was another actor, another director. They saw you know, the documentary and they approached Terry Zugoff or something. I can't remember what it was, but they wanted to use him in a movie and he had commit suicide. So it was just like, really like as they were watching the documentary in their head, like, I have to contact this guy. Uh, and you find out at the end, of course, what happened. Ouch. Then you have the other brother. Um, I forget his name. The one who's basically, Swallowing the rag so it would come out the other end. (laughs) Oh, It's so weird.
3: I think I have to revisit (laughs) this
0: movie. It's a strange movie, you know, but, but. But I saw the movie not that long ago, and, you know, Crumb is a total narcissist, too. You know, it's. As I get older, maybe I'm noticing that these people really had such tremendously inflated egos. But hes he's got a reason for it.
3: He's legitimately... There's can... no
0: point. It's, he draws cartoons. I mean... I'm, I know. I'm, I'm simplifying it. And I do... I am a big fan of, you know, Robert Crumb. I have a number of his books, and actually, I have a, a few of his things autographed,
3: which are very rare. Do you really?
0: Yeah. I have in, um... You know, the Heroes of the Blues, um... It's a deck of cards.
3: I've I've heard of it. It's
0: like they're, they're the size of playing cards, and on each card is, an um, usually an African American artist who recorded something in like the twenties, thirties, and I have an uncut sheet of that. You know, it's just it's one big poster, and um, I got him to autograph that. Nice. Um, and I have a couple of his books that are autographed. Yeah. Probably not worth
3: anything. Thing like that.
0: You have a lot of. You, I'm sure you have tons of stuff like that. You you always have interesting books and, and stuff.
3: I I have a book signed by Andy Sedaris, <laughs> the guy who made those uh, booksome spy women movies. Uh, well, thank
0: but- you for listening. I'm kidding.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know, I, I, um, when I worked at the Village Voice, a lot of stuff kind of floated my way, that like, I grabbed up, too. Um, it's funny how many books that I acquired through the Village Voice that, um, were, like, kind of early releases and stuff like that, and, um, you know, with typos and stuff. And what you still have today. <clears throat> yeah, I, I would just grab everything, and. You know, and I'm trying to think of what I have that's
3: kind of interesting.
0: Like, I got the Nixon tapes there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of funny, like, you know, to get stuff like that there.
3: How was it working there? Was it, I, I uh, you know, I used to hold the Village Voice up as, you know, on this exalted level because they had so many great writers, but now they don't. So. Yeah, I
0: mean, I worked there when um, it was just turning into kind of a corporate thing. Cocoon of nonsense. So, so I got to be there for about two years before it really, really got cold, and then I stayed there for a couple more years, and I just really had to get out of there. I just it was getting worse and worse.
3: Yeah, I I hardly read it now. I don't. I. It's it's a once complete, muscle left, forget it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Mike. You know, I I know Mike on a personal level. Um, I used to date him. No, um. <laughs> <laughs> no he he's a really nice guy he's somebody who has a big ego and i I feel That's as r- though i feel as though him being let go from the voice was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to him because people thought he was dead like people didn't even know who he was anymore you know now he he's really reinvented himself.
3: I see him on uh you know there's a show on p b s called Theater Talk, where they talk about Broadway shows, and right. he's on there occasionally. For the- and he's alive.
0: It's it's yeah, like he comes on, and he knows what he's talking about, and he's going to the parties again, and um, you know, he he's... I don't personally care for his writings, but um, he he's likes looking, to throw an opinion or fine. two out there. It's fun. Um, a lot of good writers
3: um, left, and was, and Toff is gone. Uh, there's
0: j- a lot of weird politics that went on there while I was there. <clears throat> Having to do with unions and um, treating certain employees that have been there for 35 years very harshly. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the Village Voice is, uh, it's basically a Florida-owned newspaper now. <laughs> it is. It's owned by um, the Miami Herald. I'm trying to remember which, because um, it's not the Village Voice anymore. It's called the... Village Voice Media.
3: Is Is it it, really?
0: Right, yeah. Ouch. Um, I mean, they're still over there on Cooper Square, um, but I don't know. It's funny. I have a friend who just, that I worked there with, he actually just drove by there today and posted a picture, and he was just kind of reminiscing. I'm like, eh. only thing I miss is all the... Books I stole from the library, <laughs> like I, like I have so many like first edition autographed books
3: that I just television. kind of Stay jacked on the corner.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's too, it's kind of cool too because it's like the, on the spine it says, you know, from the Village Voice Library.
3: <laughs> <You know? laughs> nice, that might be worth something soon.
0: Yeah, when they fold, yeah, <laughs> any any day now. Uh-huh. But, you know, when you, when you throw the word media in the middle of something, it's days are numbered. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, the publisher for Village Voice Media at the time, um, he was let go and he contacted me not that long ago because he's starting his own little thing down south.
3: <clears throat> Sorry. Nope, I what? Wow. That's awesome. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, so I mean, just contact with, me. with all these people. I'm, I'm like. Well, I
0: try to keep in contact with, you know, my Jewish friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, he is Jewish, but, you know, I work with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, but, you know, you know how it is on the Internet. It's like everything's always going on. You know, it's... Everybody has something happening. But I think we should finish up this podcast, stop boring people with my... Um, Spotted resume. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: Okay, so I mean, everybody should go out and see these two documentaries. Absolutely I couldn't beautiful. recommend them more.
0: Um, they're course.
3: entertaining. They're they're different, and um, huh. uh, I I just heartily recommend both.
0: Now, did your wife see Overnight?
3: No, no. Over?
0: no. I thought I don't wife she didn't would even love see it. American movie. I thought my wife would love Overnight, and she hated it. Really? She just found him so unlikable, and she just couldn't care less. Like, she, or rather, she could care less. Like, she just didn't care if he lost everything or if he had everything. She just didn't want to hear from Troy Duffy anymore. Ouch. But on the other hand, American movies, she was a big fan of. (laughs)
3: It's. You know, Troy I mean, Duffy. I mean, it's like a car crash. You know, you can't, you can't look away. It's not possible.
0: Right. Um, well, it's like the ending where that car gets, you know, completely out of control, and they kind of throw like a little bit of a conspiracy
3: theory to it. Yeah, that that was just like a strange, unexplained thing. Um,
0: it made no sense either because if you have ever been out to L.A., that happens like every forty-five seconds. That's right. Really- <laughs> Everybody's always just flooring it, you know, because it's they're probably high or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ouch. I mean, you know, this is this is the town where they, you know, shot famous rappers right in the, you know, in front of clubs. This stuff happens all the time.
3: <laughs> um. So that is our first episode. I I did want to do a a, a just a final segment of, of upcoming movies that are on cable that uh, people should watch that I'll be watching but I just don't have my list so well, all right that's that, good
0: because the, by the time this gets out it's going to be a couple I mean, weeks
3: i know but it these films are available everywhere they you know they're on cable but they're on dvd they're probably on netflix they're probably on youtube so it's again it's just a matter of tossing names out to people Saying these get our recommendation. Go out cool. and see it. You know, Blowout by Brian De Palma or Dressed to Kill by Brian De Palma.
0: I've never seen Blowout, and it's on my TiVo, so I will be watching Blowout um, sometime
3: this week. Dude, you are my audience. You are. I am going to school you. I am going to school you on what to see.
0: I don't know. Should I watch the Criterion version of Blowout, or should I watch the H the 1080p version that I have on my TiVo?
3: Watch the ten eighty. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, are you, you can go back to the commentaries and stuff later.
0: Yeah, I mean, I probably won't. Uh, i unless I I fall in love with the movie. I usually will not go back and listen to commentaries.
3: Really, wow. I I always find even, well, that's true. I mean, yes, it's
0: just you know it's hard to find enough time to watch the movie once.
3: True, true. You're right. Um, You're right. I was, no. I was. I thought there might be examples of commentaries I would listen to but the movies are you know wouldn't watch again but I can't think of what's so. up. You
0: know, my brother-in-law watches um like he he's obsessed with television. He watches I think he watches 72 different TV shows currently. How? That's, cr- That's possible. Well, he's a 2-hour commute every day.
3: Um oh, Okay, well that that
0: but he watches them at a higher rate. He speeds them up. And I don't know. I mean, I've never tried it. I listen to podcasts up, but he said that, you know, there's software you can run it so that it's running like maybe 10% faster.
3: Does that affect the picture?
0: I think that it probably affects it on some level, but you know how you'll see at the end of some TV shows where it's like, this movie has been time compressed or something like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: think that's all it's doing. And you know, I mean, if you could watch a two-hour movie in an hour in like you know thirty-five minutes, that's incredible.
3: <laughs> I think I'm I'm like David Lynch. I, I can't watch movies on my iPods or well, I got to watch it on a big screen. Damn it! Well, since I got my
0: the since we bought this house, we bought like a fifty-five inch um, HD TV, and we decided to buy a really good one. So this one is a hundred and no two hundred and forty hertz. So. Compared to my old HDTV, which was 60 hertz, this actually shows, I believe, six frames more per frame. So when you're watching it, the movements are so realistic that it's almost like it's unsettling. (laughs) Because it's almost as though it's shot on a camcorder. You you really have to get used to it. Um, You'll know what I mean whenever you decide to upgrade
3: I got to come over your house.
0: Yeah. You should just come over and (laughs) camp out and I'll show you. (laughs) But, um, but you know, that is, um, that's the kind of talk you can get a fistful of cables. That's total nerd talk. That's my tech show, which you can come on to if you'd like. I
3: am (laughs) not a techie. I, 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 I know nothing. I know nothing. I even after watching Bob Vila build something, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's not possible.
0: Well, like I mentioned, the other podcast. So we also we have a podcast called For Your Consideration. So I think Chris, you're going to. Well, we have a couple to do. We're going to going to do all in the family, and all of its pilots, which we tried to do and it just didn't work out. And we're also going to do. Um, should we tell people what we're going to do yet? Well, I already mentioned it earlier. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's Burt Young's Roomies. Okay. So hopefully you can find a little bit of time this weekend even. We can knock that out.
3: Dude, I'm ready. I, I just... I, yeah, I,
0: I have to watch it.
3: <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I love doing it. I, I feel I'm I'm going to get there. I'm going to get where we're as professional as the GG TMC or, or any of the other podcasts that we listen to.
0: You should definitely check out that on Facebook, by the way. The Gentleman's Guide to...
3: Midnight Cinema?
0: Correct. Plug. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) These are 35 cents. All right, right, man. So thanks a lot for getting together tonight. All right. Um,
3: Let's do this again soon.
0: Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon,
3: man. Have a good one. All right, bye.
0: Yeah, I was always going to McDonald's and getting, like,
1: Big Macs and that... And then I found out for real that the Whopper was flame broiled, man, and that was good as hell. I never went to Burger King because of how you doing? Fine, I guess not. Okay, very good, sir. Um, then because Burger King used to sell Pepsi, man, fuck that. But okay, very cool. And uh, put that right there. And uh, okay. Oh, that's cool. And anyway, so man, when I when I tasted that Whopper and it was char broiled, it was good as hell. And then coincidentally. Burger King started selling Coke, so the whole thing got wrapped up. Now you can go to Burger King, get a Whopper, and get the goddamn Coke, and you're set. But that whole Pepsi thing just turned me off from Burger King. And uh, so, I mean, it's great that things work out sometimes like that. ¶¶